Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter Wonderful Pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch, and the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, Wonderful Pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker. The protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the best of the herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it is a Monday. What a weekend. So many topics. So many teams to discuss. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be watching or listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, plenty of both, where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. Terry Bradshaw, Michael Vick, big show plan. J-Mac has a lot of moving parts. Congrats. Both of us had a very good weekend on our picks. Very good weekend. Second best weekend of the season. Riding high, Cowherd. I'm fired up. This is going to be a big show. Okay. So one of the things, there's a couple of things I like. If you've listened to me for long enough, you know I like new stuff, innovation. And uh, you know I'm willing to evolve and give you a new opinion on something. I'm not embedded to anything, really. I, I mean, new information, I'll have a new opinion. So I didn't like the tush push, the brotherly shove when it started. It's just aesthetically, guys get hurt. I'll get to that in a second. But I've come full circle on it because it defines Philadelphia. It's not cheating. It's not using illegal equipment. What it is is a coaching staff that says we have two unique athletes, a quarterback that can deadlift 600 pounds and the best center in football, Jason Kelsey, in over a decade, top two or three center of all time. And we're going to use these super talented players because they can do things other people can't. Rest of the league's trying this thing. It's not working. It's innovation. It's ingenuity. Nobody else can do it this well. It gets three yards, sometimes four. They could use this, if you think about it, they could use this as their offense. If they get three yards a play, that's 12 yards over four plays. And that sort of defines Philadelphia, doesn't it? Think about this. It is a copycat league. 
And yet nobody in the NFL invents and reinvents itself more than Philadelphia. They won a bunch of games with Carson Wentz. They moved off him. They won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. They moved off him. Chip Kelly won 10 games twice. They moved off him. Nobody does that in the NFL. Half of the dumb general managers would assign Nick Foles to a monster contract or kept Chip Kelly in even though players sort of uh, push back on it. They're the only franchise in this entire sport that regularly moves off winning coaches, Super Bowl coaches. I love Andy Reid. They moved off him. I love Doug Peterson. They moved off him. I defended Chip Kelly. They moved off him. All three won. That never happens in the NFL. People are terrified. Fear drives the league. He's got a winning record. Give him a new contract. They just did that in New England with Belichick. What are they doing? Quarterbacks. Foles wins a Super Bowl. Some quarterbacks under Chip Kelly and Andy Reid had their best years. They move off them. All of them. All the time. And the ones like Andy Reid who are truly brilliant land somewhere else and have great success. But Doug Peterson got to the playoffs in three of five years. Had a winning record. Offensive coach in an offensive league. They moved off him. Nick Foles, Super Bowl. Yeah, see you later. It's really, really unique. The tush-push defines Philadelphia. If the NFL outlawed it, don't you have this feeling they would just figure out a new play? Yes, it's ugly. And I thought about that. It's bad television. But so is every quarterback sneak. They're all ugly. At least this is innovative. Well, people could get hurt, I argued. It's the NFL. People get hurt on punts, kicks, screenplays, slants. People get hurt all game. So the two arguments I used against it fall flat. It's the NFL. You're going to get hurt if you play long enough. I mean, the New York Giants can't do much right. Shocker, they got hurt doing it. And the other thing is, Nobody else can do it. That's what bothers people, that they found these two unique, a player, a quarterback, and a center. And at this particular skill, at this particular power moment, they're the best in the world ever at it. And I sat there and I thought, time out. I like innovation. I like new stuff. I don't like copycats. This is great. Do I think the league will step in? One of the reasons the league didn't because they're not sure what to do with it. If you were a baseball team and you had these two leadoff hitters and you decided we're going to we're going to have two leadoff hitters. They'll just go back and forth and they got on base a lot and they were really fast and they double steal over and over and over and over like three times a game and nobody can stop it. Should you ban it? It's just two great players doing something nobody else can do. And so I think the league is looking at this thinking they'd like to ban it, but it's not the Houston Astros. It's not illegal equipment. It's a coaching staff that said, we got two guys that are best in the world at something. No other quarterback deadlifts 600 pounds. No other center plays like Kelsey. How do you ban innovation? The wildcat offense didn't work. People figured it out. Nobody can figure this out. Nick Sirianni, after the game, had a great bite defending it. Jason Kelsey starts it off. Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, is right there. You know, haven't been able to drive because you've seen it, right? You've seen it across the league that people can't do it like we can do it. They can't do it like we can do it, and uh, and so I'm making my plug right there. Like, don't don't ban this play. Like, 
if everyone could do it, everybody would. Where's the camera? If everybody could do it, everybody would do it. And they can't. Very hard to ban innovation and ingenuity. Now, in the history of our government and business, people have tried to over and over, and they've made arguments for it. But um, I hated this thing, and now I kind of embrace it because I think it defines Philadelphia, uh, a great big game team who always shows up, win or lose, always shows up with a lot of passion, a lot of creativity on the biggest nights. We'll get to more of the game later. So, um, all right, we're six games into Jordan Love, Packers' new quarterback. The only people defending him are adult men who wear cheese heads in the fall. It's obstructing your view. Get another hat. He can't play. Watch how Matt LaFleur calls a game. He doesn't trust him to throw the ball down the field. He's just not accurate. I mean, his big play yesterday was a dump off to a running back. He can't play. Listen, Jordan Love on throws just 10 plus yards down the field. That's not a big threshold. Just 10 plus yards. Has a completion percentage of 38% and a passer rating of 50. I'm not going to get into his decision making and pick on the kid. That ain't great. But this was an easy one against a terrible, historically terrible defense with a clever offensive coach with a winning record. Um, with two weeks to prepare. Green Bay didn't score until the third quarter. He can't do scripted plays. Listen, you and I can argue about Justin Fields, Sam Darnold, but there were moments I could put together a six-minute YouTube clip with Justin Fields and Darnold, and you'd go, wow. Even backups, I've seen Josh Dobbs, uh, Gardner Minshew against the Cleveland Browns defense. You got quarters and moments down the field throws. This doesn't work. I know it bothers you. You think I'm picking on him. But Green Bay's got really, really talented running backs and young, talented wide receivers and tight ends. And the offense has been reduced to screen plays and Jordan loves scrambling. You got to take the cheese hats off, guys. It's not a good look. And it's worse defending Jordan Love. It's not close. On throws, just 10-plus yards down the field. A 38% completion percentage? Come on, he misses badly. He really struggles. Maybe a great kid, but it's year four in the building. And when you listen to Matt LaFleur, he's a nice guy. I don't know Matt. I know people that know Matt. Matt's a really nice guy. He doesn't want to be mean-spirited. He doesn't want to be harsh. But with a week of extra prep against that defense, that was it. With extra time to prepare against the Raiders' crappy defense, that a backup from the Chicago Bears had success with. Look at what the kid in Chicago did yesterday against that Raider defense. Here's Matt after. Extremely disappointed. Um, you know, we just we keep digging ourselves in a hole and give credit to Denver. They did enough to to win, but um, you know, it's just. It's disappointing to have no points at, at, at the half. It's just way too fragmented um, and uh, just not consistent execution. He knows. 
And so do you, Packer fans. You know too. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Got into this discussion with somebody recently is, you know, you get into your feels and your emotions. Just look at the data, the data that tells you the truth. You don't need to invest in Bitcoin or NFTs. It's called real estate and the stock market. It's worked for 75 to 100 years. Everybody gets into their emotion. Just look at the data. And I'll get to this in a second. I don't think less of the Detroit Lions today. They got Lamard. NFC teams that don't see him regularly are 1-16 in 16 against him. You have no idea how athletic, how fast, how crazy good he is until you face him. The only people that have ever beaten Lamar Jackson consistently in this league, and there aren't many, have seen him for a second, third, fourth, fifth time. The first time you face him, he's 16-1 against NFC teams. You, you have nobody in practice that can duplicate Lamar Jackson. So I don't think less of the Lions. They're going to win 11, 12 games, win their division, probably win a playoff game or two in the NFC. But what I do think is Lamar Jackson is now number two in the league behind Patrick Mahomes in terms of how do you prepare for a player. Mahomes is the only player in the league that's harder to prepare for. Is he the second best quarterback? I don't know. He's the second hardest player in this entire sport to prepare for. And here's the thing I love about Lamar. Money changes people. They think they're smarter than they are, more successful than they are. Money changes people. And he got the bag. And he's actually changed for the better. Lamar no longer plays to protect his body, which I understood I get. He's out to prove he's worth the money. Not sitting back telling you how much he's worth. 
He's out here to prove that he's worth it. He finally got wide receivers. I love the Ravens organization. I didn't think they did him well with wide receivers until now. There is something about his work ethic, his competitiveness, and his personality that is jet fuel. He is so good for all the doubters. He is so good at so many things. I'm just trying to find one thing Jordan Love is good at. This kid is crazy competitive, crazy athletic. His efficiency numbers are off the chart, second in the league in completion percentage. So I get efficiency, which is always nice. Not a lot of mistakes, Mahomes. And then crazy athletic, crazy accurate, crazy movement, crazy competitiveness. The Lions got avalanched. NFC teams and teams that don't face Lamar regularly, they have no idea what it's like to face him. The sidearm stuff, the moving left, right. His accuracy doesn't dip when he moves. The only teams, Steelers, Bengals, Browns, Chiefs, Chargers a couple times. You see him a second, a third, a fourth time. It's not like you solve him, but you have some idea about the lightning you're going to face. And so when I'm watching right now, yesterday wasn't about Detroit. He's 16-1 and against NFC teams. It was about Baltimore's Super Bowl good enough defense and about having to face Lamar Jackson for the first time. People just don't. You can't prepare for Lamar Jackson. You can even probably prepare a little for Mahomes. He'll beat you either way. But I, Detroit, it was like they were observing Lamar Jackson. Certainly couldn't stop him. But uh, he put on a clinic, Dan Campbell, after. They played well. They kicked our ass. And uh, it's a credit to them. Lamar beat us. Uh, he hammered us with his arm. He ran when he needed to. Um, and we did not handle it well. You know, our, our energy was good. Which is crazy. You come out of a game like that and you look at the score. Our energy was good. But our detail and discipline, which has been so good over the last four or five weeks, was not good enough. So uh, self-induced, that was a combination of a lot of different a lot of different things, you know. And just like we win as a team, we lose as a team. And that was, that was one of those. Just look at the data. Lamar is 16-1 and against the NFC. That's the game. That's why I said Baltimore was my favorite pick. If you've never faced Lamar... You have no idea what you're in for. And this Lamar is the best Lamar. I thought his first half against the Titans in London was the best half of football I've seen any quarterback play this year. And he wasn't perfect yesterday, but between the coaching, that defense, and Lamar and those receivers this morning, that's the best team in the NFL. That's the best team in the NFL right there. Not San Francisco, not Kansas City. That is the best team in the NFL. Everything is working. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You know I like Justin Herbert. That's fine. Uh, There's a lot of people I've liked and move off. I love Sam Darnold. I moved off him like it didn't work. So a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know about Justin Herbert. All right, time out. He's got a new coordinator. It's not like you get a new coordinator, coordinator and the next day you're great. He's got a new coordinator. It's his third coordinator in four years he's on his second coach and this coach isn't working either this is the chargers historically ownership can be a tad frugal the roster's good maybe i'm overvaluing it but here's what we know to be true with two coaches one's been fired and one could be he set nfl records 
<laughs> He's also big, strong, a 4-2 biology major, accurate, mobile. He checks every box. For those questioning him, ask yourself a question. What, away from Justin Herbert, do they do well? Run game? No. 16th. Special teams? No, they had a huge gaffe yesterday. Defense? Terrible. 31st in yards, 25th in points. So let's look at what they do well. All right. Oh, they're great in the red zone offensively, tied to Justin Herbert. Third fewest giveaways. They don't turn the ball over, tied to Justin Herbert. They have the number eight passing offense with no deep threat now that Mike Williams is hurt, tied to Justin Herbert. It's funny, all the things they do well to very well are tied to Justin Herbert on his second coach and his third coordinator. His third new offense he has to learn in his fourth season. This crap's hard. It's a new playbook, a new language. So yesterday, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City's offense, we would all acknowledge this, has struggled this year. They have no number one receiver. The Chiefs have no number two receiver. And Travis Kelsey's getting older. And yet, they set a record this year for the most yards passing by any team in the first half against a defense that's the highest paid in the league. It's not a Justin Herbert issue. There's only one team in this league that has allowed multiple 400-yard passing games. I'll give you one guess on who it is. The Chargers that have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa as edge rushers. Listen, Tom Hanks, even Tom Hanks will have an occasional bad movie. Apple will occasionally have a bad product. We don't doubt Tom Hanks or Apple, right? Like we know who can act and we know the companies are good. Justin Herbert's career has been elevating and overcoming new coordinators, injured receivers, Alan Mike Williams, inconsistent moves by ownership. Since he entered the league, think about this. He is second in passing yards and sixth in passing touchdowns with two coaches that don't work. Generally, if the coach is off, it doesn't matter how good the quarterback is. We know coaches matter. We know that Mahomes is better and Andy Reid is part of it. We know that Brady won Super Bowls and Belichick was part of it. Nobody denies the quarterback is a bigger part of it, 70-30, 65-35, whatever number you want. But if you look at a team and they don't do a lot well and the Chargers don't, except for everything tied to like one player. If you had a, like the, the, the Raiders defense, it's not very good, but it's funny they get some sacks because Max Crosby is great. <laughs> that's why their sack numbers are not heinous. Like that's a bad defense with a great player. So I, you, you can blame all you want, but it, Brandon Staley's a defensive coach. Yesterday, again, a big third and long. Now it's Mahomes, but he finds a way to get a first. At least now Staley is acknowledging it's not Justin Herbert. The blame is mine, no one else's. So I just got to do a better job of getting us off to a good start in the game, and that's not what happened, you know, where we just didn't execute very well in the first half. And we didn't rush them 
or cover them well enough. And a lot of it, it was both things happening at the same time. And like I said, it's my responsibility. I like that. But if I had my third lead producer in four years, it would make this show harder. Not saying you couldn't do a show. And I'm not saying Justin Herbert doesn't produce big numbers. We all thought he had a pretty good year last year. They've actually scored more than last year. But it is another coordinator and the same coach. And I'm not sure what they do well. It's not a Justin Herbert issue. He's setting records. Right? Like he's second in passing yards since he entered the league with two receivers, Keenan and Mike Williams, that struggle to stay healthy. It's not on him. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This league uncut. The new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I, I've said this for years. I am a member of the media. What's the line I always use? Austin is in Texas, but it's not of Texas. It's a very liberal, artsy city. Park City is in Utah, 
It's not of Utah. It's a party city in a conservative state. Um, I'm in the media, but I don't think sometimes I'm of the media. I, I like boring. I don't get emotional. I don't fall for like wow stuff. That's not quarterback play. Really great quarterback play is boring. Mahomes two to three times a game will do something and you'll be like, whoa, Lamar may be unique historically that it feels like every third play for Lamar is incredible. But mostly it's just hit the layups three or four times a game, be great. And that's quarterback play. And that's where I struggled with Sam Darnold. Firework show! Or who's going to clean up this mess? But the media falls for spectacular. Russell Westbrook can't shoot or catch. MVP! No, he's just really talented. There's a difference. And Justin Fields is Sam Darnold. Wildly talented. But you got to clean up a lot of messes with Sam and Justin. A backup undrafted Division II school rookie walked in yesterday with Justin Fields out. There were no highs and lows. He moved well enough. He was efficient. There were no mistakes, and they snapped a 10-game home losing streak. There were no highs and lows, nothing spectacular, no great to awful, no roller coaster. It was sustained drives. Yes, they were 61% on third down. With Justin, it's 40%. They played keep away. They dominated time of possession. It was just picking up four yards when you needed three. It was picking up five when you needed four. I don't want a quarterback that goes from wow to ugh, amazing to embarrassing. That was cool to brutal. The turnover differential when Justin Fields plays, since he's played, is minus 17 for the Bears. Minus 17. Do you know what the turnover differential is in the 10 games he hasn't played? Minus one. It's even. They take it away. They give it up at the same rate. So um, I, I think when you start defending your quarterback and you say, well, he didn't have a lot to work with. A rookie from a Division II school, undrafted, same head coach, same coordinator, same players, wasn't a star, but he was efficient. Scott, he just picked up first downs. He was good on third down. He moved well enough. None of it was jaw-dropping. None of it was embarrassing. It was just move the chains. It's, it's kind of clear. And I know, I know, I hear this all the time. Well, let me tell you something. It was the Raiders. It was an NFL franchise. And Justin Fields is 6-25 and 25 against those. Since he has taken over as a starter, he is 6-25. and 25. In the 10 games he hasn't played, they're 5-5. Five and five. Third down, better without him. Passing yards per game, better without him. Highs won't be as high. Lows, there won't be as many. What do they always say in this league? You lose a lot more than you win. Justin Fields loses games. It's hard to win games. Lamar wouldn't be winning 77% of his games if he didn't have this coach and this defense. Justin Herbert's great. Josh Allen's great. You need help. Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the planet. He would win games regardless, but he wouldn't win as many, right, without Chris Jones on defense. 
without without Travis Kelsey, without good offensive linemen. So I, whenever I watch Justin Fields, I feel it's very Sam Darnold, where I'm like, wow, ugh, amazing, brutal, fireworks show, who's going to clean it up? And, and yesterday, I thought there was some clarity that if you have two of the top five, six picks, and I think the Bears will, I think you have to draft the quarterback. Now, you can bring him in and have him sit behind Justin for a year. You can move Jeff. You do whatever you want. But the Bears yesterday were just like efficient. Not sexy. Not wow. Just, just, they just picked up first downs and they just moved the clock and they played keep away. I know it's the Raiders. I know it's the Raiders. But guess what? The Raiders went to Denver and won. The, the Raiders beat the Packers. They've got NFL players. Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Jacobs. they got players. You know, it's the NFL. It's not college ball where the margins are massive. Anybody can almost beat anybody. Yesterday, the Patriots beat the Bills. I just got clarity yesterday. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Where Colin was right. Another very good week, Blazing 5, 3-1. I took the Ravens, the Giants in an upset, and Philly. I apologize. I will stop taking the Chargers. I'm 0-3 <laughs> on the season. I deeply apologize. I regret my judgment. I do have the Niners winning and covering tonight by about 8 to 10 points. So we are, uh, we've had a pretty good last three or four weeks. Where Colin was wrong. You know, I've said I've been critical of the Philadelphia coaching staff, minus Shane Steichen, but I really thought they felt their identity and found it last night in the last couple of weeks. I thought they outcoached Mike McDaniel. Dolphins were missing some starters. So what? It's the NFL. Get over it. Philadelphia had no penalties, dominated time of possession, clever on third and fourth down, and Jalen Hurts is not healthy. So they were working with an unhealthy quarterback limping around the field in a couple of moments. I thought they did a great job as a staff to slow down. You know, Miami basically had one touchdown drive. That was it. Where Colin was right? Uh, I had a source tell me during uh, the offseason that inside the building at Green Bay, as they just didn't see it with Jordan Love, um, four years in the building, they didn't see any juice. They thought he was just sort of a game manager. I think when you watch how they coach him, which is incredibly safe and protective, it shows a lack of trust. His completion percentage is 32nd in the NFL, and that's with an offensive coach and continuity. A.J. Dillon, Watson, Dobbs, Musgrave, they got players now. They got players. His passer rating, 79 it's just not good enough. Where Colin was wrong. Uh, it's not Caleb Williams. I'll get to that later. It's on Lincoln Riley. USC, I think, now is the fifth best team in the Pac-12, maybe sixth. They'll beat Cal and maybe nobody else. He's also been petty and defensive and small. He's a smart guy, but he's got to make some moves on his staff. It's not a very good defensive staff. I didn't need them to be great this year defensively because they don't have great personnel, but they have better personnel, certainly better than what they've done when a backup quarterback for Arizona schools them or a backup to a backup third-string quarterback for Utah schools them. What is the culture now? What do they do well beyond Caleb Williams putting on a cape and being marvelous? And the answer is not much. Where Colin was right? I was skeptical of Miami's offense. It's the speedboat, I like to say, of the NFL. Wait until the wind whips up and it gets cold. They had 10 points last night and 12 first downs. They had one touchdown drive. 
Their field goal drive was seven plays in one yard. Fast, when it faces physical, usually loses. Yes, their offensive line had injuries. So does every offensive line in the league. C.J. Stroud's a rookie, was missing four for a month and was still winning games. Miami is fun. They're going to win a lot of games. It's hard to win in Philadelphia, and it can be hard to win in Buffalo. So don't sell all your Miami stock. But what I was saying last week is they feel like they're knockoff loafers. You know, it's a fake gold watch. There's a lot of flash. I don't see the substance I see with teams like Kansas City, Baltimore, or Philadelphia. Where Colin was wrong. I thought the Kraft family was considering moving off Bill Belichick. According to Ian Rappaport, they already re-signed him to a new deal in the offseason. What? Um, You know, I think he's the best coach we've ever had. But uh, I had people I trusted telling me the Kraft family had grown frustrated with not only a bad product, but a boring one. It's not easy to sell. But according to this story, Belichick is in for the long term, so I'm way wrong on that one. Where Colin was right? I said Friday, I'll take the Tyrod Taylor New York Giants over the Daniel Jones New York Giants. Tyrod's a smart guy, but in this league a long time. I watched them yesterday. No more excuses. Dude was 18 and 29, 280 yards, two TDs and no picks. I don't want to hear any excuses. He moved the chains. Was he spectacular? I don't know. I've watched him in two games. He's better than Daniel Jones. He gets the ball to Jalen Hyatt. He can get it to Darren Waller. All I know, maybe I don't get the size. Maybe I don't. You know what I get? Efficiency and a grown-up quarterbacking. I think the Giants with Tyrod Taylor are a tough out. I think they could be a 500 team. They don't have an offensive line to make them a 10-win team, but I said it Friday. I like Tyrod Taylor. He got Buffalo to a playoff pre-Josh Allen. He's a grown-up. He'll get the ball to the right people. Where Colin was right? I said Ohio State would overwhelm a younger Penn State team. In one year when they play, and Penn State's best players are older, and it's if they're hosting it, then they win this game. But I said I'd been too critical of Ohio State. Ohio State is arguably, along with Alabama, the third best college football program in the last two to three years. Yes, Michigan has beaten them twice, and Georgia barely beat them. So what? Georgia doesn't lose to anybody, and Michigan's not losing to anybody. So in the end, I felt Ohio State said it Friday. I, I just felt that a veteran team at home, this program's 35-2 and two in the Big Ten. 35-2. and two. They've lost to one coach and one team twice. That is it. So Ohio State, I didn't, by the way, I didn't think they were always pretty. They had to rely on their defense, but that's okay. With the transfer portal now, you don't have to win every game by 40. Ohio State held serve at home. That's a good football team. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Colin Wright, Colin Wrong on a Monday. Let's bring in Michael Vick. We have not talked in a while. Fox Sports NFL analyst, and we have got a lot to discuss. Uh, Great to see you. Well, I hope you miss me because we certainly missed you. So I want to talk about Lamar, who you know. And I said this, money can ruin people. Yeah. I actually think he's better since he's been paid. Yeah. Why would that be? I mean, attitude is everything. Um, A guy like Lamar, you know, he appreciates what he has, you know, monetary-wise and on the field, you know, in terms of his teammates. And so – I think he takes this game really, really serious, more so, than people think. Yes. And I think he dives in. Uh, he enjoys it. He loves the success. And 
he loves seeing his teammates happy as well. And talking to a lot of the coaches, you know, over the years, James Urban, uh, T. Martin, these guys, they marvel at how much Lamar understands offenses and understands. He's been in three systems. He started out with Marty Morningwig and then Greg Roman and now Todd Monk. That's under uh, that's undersold. People don't yeah. understand that. And so when you when you're in three systems, um, you see a lot of different things, a lot of different concepts. You adding stuff. You know, addition, subtraction in terms of the offense, and and so now he's learned. You know, ain't it's not too much more that we can't or can't do, and now he understands the system that he's in better because he's uh, he's been a part of a lot of different systems, and so it's just helping him to be able to get to the line of scrimmage, process the information, and grow as a passer. And you know, we looking at a Lamar Jackson who can play another 10, 12 years like this. This is the best Lamar. This is the best Lamar we've ever seen. Now, and it's only gonna get better. So I think Baltimore's a good organization, but I think it was fair to criticize their lack of receiving talent. Yeah. I mean, it felt like Mark Edwards and just guys. Yeah. They got real players now. Like when you watch him, their guys are, he's, first of all, you know a guy's great. Nelson Aguilar now looks like a huge threat. Yeah, yeah. Lamar, Nelson Aguilar bounced around. Now all of a sudden you're like, who's got Nelson Aguilar? So he's making good receivers much better. But when I watch Baltimore, Guys are wide open. Is that because of how you have to play Lamar? You know, I think you got to account for Mark Andrews down the middle. And the biggest threat in any offense, if you got a George Kittle, a Travis Kelsey, a, a Dallas Goddard, these guys control what happens in the middle of the field. And then that opens up for your X and your Z and all your receivers to, you know, follow suit in that. And so I think, you know, for them to be able to understand what we have in this offense, run it through our tight end, and allow everybody else to flourish, it just makes Lamar's job easier. Then when you get the single safety, you get the one-on-ones, and you can get the ball outside to the guys like Aguilar and, and, and Zay Flowers and, and all the receivers and the talent that they have now. So they, they can pick and choose their spots on how to beat you, and then they got the running game that's efficient and helping open up everything else. We always talk about how the run game, dictates what's happened in the passing game and Lamar's extension of that and the game is just easy for them now they're having fun everybody's having fun and that that's matters. usually when you have your yeah that matters that's usually when you have your best seasons when everybody's being a contributor and also you know seeing the success behind it by the way I want to talk Philadelphia so it's interesting because A.J. Brown's a great player yeah. and I think they're a power football team more than a flashy team but they have to get it to A.J. Brown and I thought early in this year, they couldn't quite get their identity yeah. right. Now they're doing both, power football and getting it to A.J. Brown. So I thought in the last two weeks, you know, Julian Edlin was on about three weeks ago, and he said every Belichick team we had, they all had a totally different identity, yeah. even if the players were the same. Right, right. And I, and I sit there and I watch Philadelphia, and it's like they're a power team, and they got a little cute early. And then it's like, now it's yeah. like, okay, that's what they are last night. Yeah. When you watch them, what do you see? Um, first of all, Nick Sayan, he's, he's a great coach. Like, if he sees any, like, chink in your armor, he's going to expose it. And, and so I think sometimes great coaches, they see so many different things when they're breaking down a film. Well, we can attack them in the run game. We can attack them deep. We can attack them mid to short. And, you know, just the concepts that they can come up with, you know, allows them to do so many different things. But... Once he pinpoint exactly what it's going to take to beat you, then they're going to beat you. And A.J. Brown, like you say, is a big part of their offense. I was watching the game last night, and when he started making those catches, especially the one he caught for the touchdown in traffic, 
instantly in my mind, I was like, everything has to run through A.J. Brown. I know they got a lot of talent, you know, but when he's involved and he's active, he's active. And it opens so up for everybody big. else. Big, strong, well, confident. They're, t- they're tight ends. Between confident. A.J. and their tight ends, their receivers and pass catchers are punishing. Yeah. They're just – it is like being in a, yeah. in a wrestling match right. every Sunday for four hours. Yeah, you know how receivers fear DBs or safeties? Safeties fear A.J. all day. Because they know that his run after catch, it, it speaks volume in terms of when he touched the ball. So you got to bring him down. You got to stop him first from initiating the catch, and then you got to bring him down. And that's just it's multitasking in his finest. Okay, so um, my criticism of Jordan Love is I do think this matters, continuity. Yeah. So Lamar Jackson, Justin uh, Herbert, new coaches, new OCs every year. It's hard. When I watch uh-huh. Jordan Love, I'm like, four years, Matt LaFleur. Aaron Jones. And now they four, got some, it's been four years? I think this is fourth was three. year. Wow, yeah. So I don't see it. So I'm going to be harder on him yeah. than I am C.J. Stroud, who's been excellent. He's a kid. Or Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young. They're kids. They just got here. What do you see with Jordan Love that concerns you? I think you said it first off. You know, four years in the system and sitting behind Aaron Rodgers is really no excuse. I try to measure quarterbacks based on – know how I felt coming into my second season being comfortable having a great understanding um, of what we were trying to accomplish and, and I did have a great offensive mind in Dan Reeves so you know it was a lot of pay, uh, you know I had to pay attention to detail in a lot of ways and as I watch Jordan Love I, I you know I always pay attention to mechanics you know he sets up in the pocket he bounce. has this bounce and it's you gotta you gotta be stable you gotta have your balance you gotta have your legs and your feet, you gotta have your feet planted in the ground. You making some of these throws, and I He's know a he bouncer. took. Yeah, I know he took some of this away from Aaron, but Aaron, he was a different talent. He can get away with that. He needs to go back to the basis of his fundamentals. A lot of these throws he making got to be made with conviction, just like you make your decisions in the pocket with conviction, quick, fast anticipation. These throws, ball got to come out humming, and you got to be on time and ahead um, when you playing against these defenses who's scheming to beat you. So I think it all has to come together. It will at some point, but it, it's got to happen sooner than later for Jordan Love because yeah. as of right now, it's, it's, a, yeah, man, it's, it's, not, it's not adding up. So, um, you know, I was saying this, that there is some – we tend to watch Mahomes and, and even Michael Jordan. So Michael Jordan about three times a game would do something that nobody in the world could do. Yeah, definitely. But if you really went and look at an average Michael game, he just hit 14 mid-range jumpers. Yeah. He was unbelievably efficient. I always think that Mahomes is Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's this fact that he never misses a layup. Michael never missed a freebie. Yeah. And about three times a game, switch hands, you're like, whoa. Most of Mahomes, he'll have one great scramble a game yeah. and two great throws. But I think we, we lose, and this is one of the things I've said about Sam Darnold and Justin Fields. I get the crazy good, right. but I get way too many mistakes. And tell me, when you're as gifted, you, Mahomes, uh, Lamar, when you're literally Josh Allen, when you're wildly gifted, is it hard to sometimes go, I'm just not going to make that throw? Yeah. Because Mahomes makes so few mistakes for his gifts. Well, one, Andy don't allow a lot of mistakes. What do you mean? And, and, and you know, he'll, he'll allow you to get outside of the room. You know, you just got to make, make it right. 
you know, if Andy design, designs a play to go, you know, to McCole Hartman or to Travis, you gotta go. and you go to Valdez Scantlin, you just have a reason why you why you did it. You know, and if you got a valid reason, he he allows it he, he allows it to happen, and he, he'll give you more liberty and freedom within the offense. Patrick is so gifted, man. He, he he's an exceptional arm talent. He has the the mind capacity to to process the information quickly. But you know, the way he see the field, his vision is different. It's almost like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Um, you know, they process the information really quickly they see it and then the ball is out before like the defense is even able to react like he probably hit Kelsey on like six straight passes yesterday <laughs> in the middle of the, in the right in the teeth of the defense when you know he going to Kelsey and you know it's the play might be drawing up for him and then you he started to hit find all these other guys and, and it's just the offense is catered to him I said it last year you know and when I seen him running practice and calling plays in practice and Andy's just like, you know, you got it. You know, this period belongs to you. Take the script, figure it out, configure the defenses, what you want to see, these plays versus these coverages. And they probably doing that on a day-to-day -day basis. Every quarterback don't have the liberty or the coach's trust. Right. Or, or the tr as good a coach. Or as good a coach. Right. Play calling is everything too. Timing, when the plays come out, it, it all – correspond so just this marriage with Patrick and, and and Andy you know we we in good shape for a long time Kansas City gonna be really really good they they working on the dynasty right now it's fun um, it's Easy fun it's fun it. to watch e we're in an amazing era yeah I mean I got Taylor Swift I got entertainment in its finest <laughs> it's going down it's going down to KC Andy all in the mix you know they having fun man it's the way it's supposed to be I know they're yeah. really an easy team to root absolutely for. like really good guys yeah. Mahomes all his commercials are funny yeah so um I remember after um you played Florida State and Bobby Bowden watched you play and Bobby's like Shout I, I gotta to Bobby. Get, I gotta get me a Michael Vick yeah so and, and I remember it very well, is that it was, I was a West Coast guy, and I'm watching you, and I'm like, what, what, what am I watching? He's the fastest guy in the field. He's a quarterback. Yeah. So you were a groundbreaking talent. So when I watch Caleb, and people blame Caleb, I'm like, time out. When you are that gifted, you know Chris Carter, the former NFL receiver, yeah. used to have a great yeah. line. He said, if you have a great singing voice, like biblically great, he goes, you're going to sing in the car, you're going to sing in the shower, Everywhere, yeah. you're going to sing on the it parties, it's like the man upstairs yeah. wants you to use it. You can't contain it. Right. So when you run like you do, where you were faster than everybody on defense, or you're Caleb Williams, or you have an arm like Josh Allen or Brett Favre, I bake in, sometimes you're just going to sing in the shower. Yeah. So when I watch Caleb, do you see any of you and Caleb, his ability to literally be faster than their fastest players, stronger than their linebackers? I do. I, I, my, it's funny because my mind with Caleb is already in NFL. He's accomplished so much. I've seen throws that you just don't see guys make. You can watch 30 college football teams in one weekend, and you don't see what Caleb Williams is doing. <laughs> and so I've been seeing that for two years. So in, in any quarterback, I'm looking, for I'm looking for a pattern of consistently being good. Yeah. And I've seen that out of him enough to know that him being in the right court with the right coordinator, you know, uh, a Kyle Shanahan, a Andy Reid, I'm just throwing, you know, throwing names out there. You're looking at a, a generational type of talent. So, you know, I like him with the, you know, with the, the team that he's with now. I like what he's doing. He can't do it all. 
you know, he can't play defense. He can only do but so much. And, and I think, you know, just the time at UNC, uh, USC right now is kind of running this course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like we ready for him to come on to the next, come on to us, well, you, you know, can, come you on can, to the next I, level. You can, you can argue, and I think it's true, I'm much more fascinated now yeah. by where he goes in the NFL right. than the game against Oregon. Right, yeah, my mind with Caleb, like I say, is already on the next level. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what team he get drafted to, the development process like we see with, you know, maturation now with C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young and these guys who are just taking the next step, even, even Justin Fields. So finally, uh, Niners play tonight. They're a very physical team. The teams that play the Niners, there was a stat at one point, they were 1-20 the week after. Cause they, wow, they beat, beat you up. So did go back to your career. So I think they'll win tonight. But it, as we watch the game, watch their physicality yeah. of how they lean on you. And they yeah. like Pittsburgh did it yesterday to the Rams. Yeah, they did it too, yeah. By the end, the Rams were like, all right, we're in a rebuild. We're going to go home now. That was the Philadelphia Eagles back in okay, my let, day under the great. Talk about it. Under the great Jim Johnson, you know, who was, you know, Andy Reid disciples, you know, championships, Super Bowl. Um, you know, those defenses that's built with a great defensive line. Philadelphia is like that now. Solid linebackers. Yeah, Philadelphia is like that now. You can argue that Kansas City is like that now. Um, they, they come in, man, and, and it's a physical game, and you can feel it on Monday morning. Like, you know, like that team was different. Um, I remember playing against the New York Giants in 2005, Strahan, Yerman, Yor, Justin Tuck. I let Strahan know every chance I get. They left me with a sore back for four months. <laughs> and that, and that, never, that never happened to me. I was a tough kid. Like, I, you know, I, go, I get sacked four times. I'm bouncing up. I might be sore Monday, Tuesday, but I'm, 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 shaking, I'm shaking back. It was no shake back after this. So some good defensive fronts and some physical teams, that you're you going to know the next couple of weeks exactly who you was facing. Yeah, so San Francisco does that. Philly does that. Yeah. You know, as I watch Philadelphia, they had their old school unis on last night. Those are the best unis good. in the league. They're so good. Do you do you miss a little bit some of that, just the city? Yeah, it's absolutely. It's different. Um, you know, my wife's from Philly, so we always there. Um, my first start for Philadelphia was in the Kelly Green uniforms versus Green Bay. And and I never forget it. So when I when I every time I seen Hassan Reddick and last night he was making plays, I was it was Great just reminding me of um, myself and just taking me back. Even though I was just in the room, you know, room service and just checking out the game and just yeah. chilling, you know, just to be able to relive those memories and, and what that meant really meant in my life to me and my family and to the Philadelphia Eagles fan base, one of the flagship organizations in the National Football League. It couldn't have happened at a better By time. By the way, so. you, would you have done the tush push? Could you have done it? I don't think I'm not as strong as Jaden, even in my heyday. I would have loved to have been a part of that. You know, they only pull that off because they got two of the strongest guys, center and behind Kelsey's the, center. the best center in a decade. Yeah, and, and so, you know, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep it going. Keep it moving. It, like it doesn't said. get a yard, Michael. It gets three and a half. Yeah, it seems, somehow, somewhere, it seems like Jalen always finds a way to slip to the side of the pile and get, pick up extra <laughs> yards. I'm like... <laughs> Man, this is a this is a play that you've seen teams try to duplicate this, but can't. they can't even do it. Justin Herbert can't, can't do it. I mean, shout out to Nick Sirianni and those guys for being, for innovation at its finest. I'll Great to see you. You're Good off to, to Colorado to see Prime. Off to Colorado to hang out with Prime, pick his brain, and uh, you know I need some enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> Great seeing you, man. Good seeing you too. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000 mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.